0: This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio, streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave
1: Wyman and Bob Stelton.
0: Lots of conversation about the Super Bowl, what stood out, and one of the things you and I keyed in on, Dave, was just the performance of the O-line from the Kansas City Chiefs thought it was spectacular, but who knows? Maybe we're wrong. We need to bring in experts to to confirm what we're seeing out there or tell us we have no idea what we're talking about. And uh, we've got one of those guys on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline with us. Our buddy, Big Ray Roberts, is here. How are you, man?
2: I'm doing pretty good, man. A little bit tired. Flew back from uh, North Carolina early this morning, oh. uh, but uh, was excited to be back there uh, visiting family.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. welcome home. Good to have you back. And uh, you you tell us. Well, we'll get into all the other things that went on. But considering how the Chiefs' O line looked the previous game against the uh, the Bengals, and I understand they had replacements in there, so they weren't going with their full complement. But they they had a rough go of it against Cincinnati, which led you to go, "Oh boy." Well, what are they going to do against the team that's got the most sacks in the NFL, and that defense is on a different level and Not one sack of Patrick Mahomes last night, Ray. I thought, and they opened up the running game. I I just thought it was a great night for the Chiefs' O line. What was your take?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I would say the same thing. You know, like, we talk a lot in this league about, you know, the players that that contribute to wins, you know, with the quarterback and the receivers, you know, it's a a quarterback passing league. But every offseason, I mean, every uh, playoffs, it proves that, man, if you don't invest in your offensive line and if they don't show up in those meaningful moments, then you're not going to go anywhere. And uh, they showed up last night for a team. Uh, they were playing against a defense that had four guys with 10-plus sacks. Uh, Riddick had had uh, two-and-a-half or three sacks coming into this game with a forced fumble. Uh, they had 70, over 70 sacks in the regular season as a, as a team. So uh, I thought that offensive line did a spectacular job of keeping the pocket as clean as possible. And then, you know, obviously Mahomes, even on his uh, you know, bad ankle, made some plays to not get sacked as well. So I thought they did a spectacular job.
1: You know, the poor offensive lineman. This is why. I mean, earlier I was reading the uh, the names of their offensive line, and I've forgotten that I had the uh, Super Bowl from the Chiefs and Niners pulled up, and so I was reading those <laughs> names. And guess yes, nobody what? Nobody noticed. Ray, nobody noticed. <laughs>
2: The thing is, is, that is so funny on so many levels, right? Not just that yeah. that you're reading the wrong thing, but it was actually Dave Wyman
1: reading the wrong thing. So it was the of it. That's that's how much disregard I have for. Oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. No, but um, yeah, they were they're kind of uh, kind of a no name group, and I, I I remember going into the Kansas City game thinking, yeah, there was some guys that had to mix and match, and you know, I feel like that that that. You know, they they really came together. And, you know, against, like Bob said, a really good defensive line. You saw a couple of guys, um, you know, interviewed afterwards. But did you see any examples of uh, anything specifically that where you were like, oh, man. Because, you know, for me, Ray, I was watching their defense, Kansas City. And how right. oh, they were just Willie really Gay and Nick Bolt were just attacking like early on. I was like, these guys are really freed up and playing. They're not thinking too much. What did what did you uh, notice that was different about that offensive line of KC?
2: Yeah, the thing I noticed is that they kept the middle of the pocket pretty clean. You know, so that mm. you know, if you have a quarterback that is a little bit, you know, hampered, who normally kind of gets to the outside when he's scrambling, it's a little bit further to run, you know, uh, to, to get away from guys. But if you can step up versus having to put a whole lot of pressure on that foot uh, sprint to the right or left, then it makes things a little bit easier. So we always talk about how the guards in the center. Uh, they have create the depth of the pocket and the tackles create the width of the pocket. And so I thought that the, their tackles did a good job keeping Riddick and those, those, their, their outside guys pretty wide. And then they did, they, there wasn't a whole lot of push in the middle of the, of the defensive line in the pass rush. So Patrick Mahomes was able to step up, get away from those uh, edge rushers and then maybe slide to his right or slide to his left and not have to really do as much of the, the running and spinning to the outside and all that kind of stuff. So that was a, the, the thing that i noticed the, the most and then a lot of times dave like uh you know especially in the middle the sacks come off the second move if you're not aaron Donald or chris johnson like normally the sacks are coming off the, your second move as a decent tackle well their guard the guards in the centers were doing a good job of shutting it down the entire uh length of the pass play so it seemed like he was back there forever you know having time to run so i was super impressed by it, it was it was so impressive because i kept waiting for Riddick, I'm like he's gonna do something right here. He's gonna force a fumble. Like I was in a home with uh, all my dad's brothers, my uncles and aunts and stuff, and they're all rooting for Kansas City. I was the only I was the only uh, Eagles fan in the house. Like <laughs> so I'm trying to talk up. I'm trying to talk talk up the defense and Riddick, and nothing ever happened. It was a, it was a it was uh it was a lonely fight for me. But uh, but, it was, <laughs> but, it, but it was a great battle by the Chiefs offensive line.
0: Hey, on, on the other side, what what was your uh, feeling about what the Eagles were doing in those short yardage situations? They were two for two on fourth down conversions. I think they ended the game 11 of 18 on third down. And, you know, just when they – it almost looked like a kneel down, you know, set up the way they, they had a little tighter. But they were unstoppable with that.
2: Well, they, they've they been that way all year. I think they converted, like, you know, over 90% of those, uh, those short yardage situations when they got into that little rugby-style – uh, um, quarterback sneak and I don't know I love it man I think it's kind of cool you know like if they can't figure out how to stop it uh, then you know just keep doing it but the problem is that you could you can't do that on all, all three downs you know I thought the Chiefs did a good job of really stretching uh, they played the edges really well like I, I was watching Carlos Dunlap a couple times and playing that zone of uh, the RPOs and stuff he wasn't really biting real hard on the run but he was standing in the place where he could then sprint to the outside and and keep the edge so Jalen Hurts couldn't get around the edge. I mean, I would have say on a lot of those plays that were losing yardage on those real wide outside plays that were trying to run. So I thought they did a really good job of squeezing the inside run, but in also setting the edge or at least stretching the edge so they couldn't gain yardage on the outside.
1: So, Ray, there's been a lot of talk in every year before the Super Bowl, those two weeks, something ignites whatever story. And, you know, this last this last Super Bowl, I felt like it was about the officiating. And then it comes down to a call at the end that, I I don't know, anybody I think that got really upset by that has kind of, you know, the wind's been taken out of their sails because Bradbury, the player who was Mm -hmm. guilty of it, did come forward and say, yeah, I held him. But, you know, as far as that goes, as far as the game officiating, other than that one call, not a lot that's controversial. Um, What what did you think? What did you think about the officiating?
2: Well, you know, I I thought that uh, it's always tough on those guys. You know what I'm saying? And then nowadays there's so many critical eyes watching the officiating that I think we overreact to some of it. You know, because at yeah. the end of the day, if you really look at it, it tends to kind of balance itself out. Like that, that one call at the end, it stood out because of the, of the timing of it. Right. And the only crit- critique I would have against that is that if, you're, if you've called that, that penalty two or three times early in the game, then, yeah, let's ride with it. Call it right there, too. But if if it's happened throughout the game and you haven't been calling that type of flag or you know throwing that type of flag, then don't throw it in that situation either. You know, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure. It looks like he was just trying to you know throw the ball out of bounds. There wasn't going to be a play there to be made. I don't think even if you didn't hold him. But I, I try not to be too hard on the officials. At least when I'm since I'm not I'm not playing anymore. When I was playing, I was hard on them all the time. Like I never I never held anybody, Dave. I never first
1: <laughs> started. Like,
2: I, I, I never did. Any of those things, my hands were always inside, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying, like none of that stuff but uh but no i I thought it's always hard to the way the spotlight nowadays is like on every single little thing, someone has to find something to be upset about so i try to give yeah. the, the referees a little bit of a break it's just a bad timing on that last
1: call oh ray was nothing but just a total saint on the field uh there was the time uh-huh. he, he tried to knock a ball out of my hand when i recovered a fumble i showed him that video and then there was also a time where uh ray took on the entire raider
0: defense yeah. in a fist fight so yeah ray was just an absolute prince. does ray know you refer to o-linemen as cheaters Oh sure. <laughs> okay.
2: uh, oh uh, hey, like if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta try. You gotta do it. Like honestly, like the the truth of the matter is, usually the guys on the other side of the ball are more athletic than you are. You know what I'm saying? Like they can run faster, or you know all those they quicker all those things. So you have to do whatever you got to do to to try to to make your block. So if that means I'm grabbing, cutting, like you know hitting you in the back, like whatever it is, man, you just got to do what you do and hope you don't get called for the you know a penalty with a minute left and you're three points down in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's how it
1: happens. I can appreciate that, Ray. <laughs> I can appreciate it, man. Ray hey,
2: Dave was a fast dude. Like, even in his old, you know, his, his last years, I was still you know having chase that joker down.
0: <laughs> he was about to call you I, old, Dave. You see I, that? Did, I did <laughs> pay Ray to say that. <laughs> I did stop myself. I did stop myself. Good job. <laughs> yeah, so as, as far as that call goes, it seems like everybody, especially once the guy who was called for it came out after the game, goes, yeah, I held him. I was just hoping they'd let it slide. I mean... That kind of takes away the argument of was it or was it not a, a hold? The guy that committed it said, Yeah, I held him. I tugged on his jersey and I just hope they wouldn't call it. But uh, the implication that that, you know, altered the game, you don't know what would have happened. They still were on the 15 yard line. You assume they're going to convert right. on the field goal. So they still take the lead in that setting. Now, the difference being there's about a minute 44 at that point left on the clock and a timeout for the Eagles. So. Do they drive the field? Do they, they, they? You know that just seems to be the assumption from from everybody, everybody that oh well they would have gone down and scored and, and either tied it or won the game certainly well or they would have been stopped they had to punt earlier in that half whereas their defense Ray in the second half four possessions for the Chiefs touchdown 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 field goal <laughs> so yeah yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I I just it's it seems to me it's a little it's it's easy to go well the the refs blew it and they called the game and that's what cost them. Well, you could look at the defense in the entire second half. And again, you're also making the assumption with a minute forty whatever left that they're going to drive the field and score.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like everybody's like the the undefeated what if coaches. You know what I'm saying? So okay. like they they always have the the, the right answer to the what if after everything that's happened. Uh, but you know, I like the way that the Eagles has handled it. Uh, you know, Jaden Hurts had a, a awesome statement about you know, like you can choose to have this be a uh, a failure moment for you, or you can choose for it to be you know something that you learn from. And uh, and I just I really liked his approach. What he's he's been the same dude. The same this dude has been the same type of leader from the from when he was in high school to now. The dude just does not waver. He does not let things ruffle his feathers. He always has the right thing to say, but it's not the right thing in like a patronizing way. It's like a very authentic, uh, genuine way that I think that he carries his life and it carries over as his leadership in the football on the football field. And then and then uh Ceriani, the coach, also came out and said, you know, you can't fall it down to that one play. There were opportunities throughout the whole game that they could have made uh to win the game. Like at the last one of the the last time they scored, they had what, seventeen plays in almost eight minutes and they were trying to eat up the clock, but they came away with a field goal instead of a touchdown. If they score right there, they're up by ten points versus the six points, and you know, you're about six points against Patrick Mahomes, you're asking to lose the game. Like he, like he, It doesn't matter how bad he's played. He's proven that he can, in those situations, with him and Kelsey and the crazy plays that they come up with and things, uh, that they can find a way to get back on the scoreboard. So uh, I think that you know, if, if you look at the totality of the game and look at all the calls that could have gone or didn't go or the ones that they did get or didn't get, uh, you can put that in there and it'll probably even all out.
0: Well, and, and, and just speaking of that play, hearing Bradbury after the game, I, I couldn't have more respect for that young man. I mean, I'm guessing Philadelphia Eagle fans didn't like hearing him say that, but for him to come out and say, yeah, yeah, I, I tugged the jersey, I held, I was just hoping that they'd let it slide, that's a big deal. I mean, this isn't just, you know, regular season game number six or something. This this is Super right. Bowl, and everybody's pointing to that play as why it ended the way that it did. I, I thought that was, that, that took some some guts to do that, and I've got a lot of respect for him
2: yeah and it, it also just speaks to that locker room, the culture of the locker room, right like if if the the guy that that was a uh, flag flagged for the play is holding himself accountable to it and not trying to sugarcoat it, I mean, it'd be kind of hard to do because I this guy don't lie. he had a, a lot of cloth right there, but then the head coach is reflecting that same uh, culture, and then the and then your your quarterback is re- reflecting that same culture. So yeah. it, you know it's it I just think it says a lot about you know you think about what an organization was. Just a few years ago, you know, when Jalen Hurts was a rookie and, and Carson Wentz was there and then the, you know, Doug Peterson was there and all the, the, uh, the chaos between the coach and the owner and who drafted who and what quarterback is going to be the quarterback to now having one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And you're, you're basically, you know, one drive away from winning the Super Bowl. So I think that speaks a lot to the leadership and to the culture of the team.
1: Yeah, J- Jalen Hurts, I agree with you totally, Ray. I, everything that I've heard from that guy has been gold. You know, and for him yeah. to, to be able to say that right afterwards, I thought was, was incredibly impressive. So, you know, I feel like he's a he's a great foundation. And, and Bob and I were talking about, like, you know, when you have a, a quarterback like that who runs, yeah, he's going to, you know, he's going to take some hits. But I feel right. like, I feel like, you know, it's not like it happens in two years. I mean, maybe it'll yeah. be, you know, maybe he's not going to be Tom Brady, but... You know, I feel like you can still get a ton out of that guy and he he is just the best leader seemingly.
2: And well the thing too with him being a running quarterback, he's not like some of the other running backs that kind of just run, you know, at all costs and they just become a running back. He he tends to get down and protect himself. You know, like he gets mm-hmm. the yardage uh, that's there and then he gets down, but like in a crucial moment he kinda gives himself up. But I think he does a good job of finding finding the balance between uh running and protecting himself and then also throwing the football. You know, he he that's a the one long pass that was dropped, I think I can't remember the guy's name, number sixteen, but hit him right in the hands. You know, that could have changed the game, you know, and so um he's he's becoming he's become a very good quarterback and he's working in the maybe he doesn't work for every system, but he works for the system that they have built around him and then his leadership is just impeccable, dude. Like like, you know, some dudes say the same thing and they sound like they're trying to sell you a book. This dude just says it, and it sounds like he, this is who he is. This is how he lives his life. And yeah. uh, and it's just, I mean, I'm, it made me a, a huge fan of his, I'll put it that way.
1: Uh, uh, same here. And, you know, like you said, it's not like he's just uh, saying whatever. That It's never like a cliche or anything. It seems right. seems to be meaningful. Let me ask you about the, how you felt about, we've been kind of railing a little bit about the turf. And, you know, hmm. spending all this money to get it all painted up and everything. How about spend that money so that it doesn't come <laughs> up in chunks? You know, so, uh, I mean, I feel like that the officiating wasn't a big deal coming out of this. Right. But I feel like it's one of the more fundamental things. Like, it would be like, a oh, the the, the player's shoulder pads are all screwed up or their no. helmets <laughs> or something. I mean. The grass it's so basic and uh, yeah. to me I, I feel like they've got to figure out a way to get that fixed
2: Absolutely. it's, it's, the, it's the highlight of your season and and, the, and you want the players to be on the, the, the to have the greatest chance to display their greatest ability exactly and when, being on a field like that you know where you're slipping and sliding all over the place just so you can paint it up and make it look pretty. Uh, then you're diminishing the, their efforts and their ability to play the, the best game they can play, which then means that, you know, at times they're going to give you a, a, a product that's less than what the fans uh, are looking for. And so it was just unfortunate that, you know, there were times, you know, injuries could have happened. I mean, a kicker, when when he, I mean, I'm not even a kick a fan of the kickers, but when he kicked the <laughs> ball and it looked like it looked like he broke his ankle, you know what I'm saying? That could have been a game-changing situation, if, you know, if, if, yeah. if, uh, if they needed him to do something. So it was really disappointing that, uh, that that was happening in that game. I think Jalen Hurts changed his shoes like two or three times. So uh, I don't, he either did that because of turf, or he was trying to display all the different Jordans he had. But uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a good a good sign for the for the uh, league that in your most glorious moment of the season that you have a field that is l- less than optimal for your players to, to be their best.
0: How is Travis Kelsey always so open? What what, is that play calling or is that he doesn't look that fast on TV and I know he certainly probably is, but, but he's just, he's one of those guys visually on TV, you watch him. He's not all muscled up. He looks kind of like ordinary Mo out there and he doesn't look like a burner yet. That guy like Tyler Lockett is always open when the ball gets to him. You see, there's not a defender within four or five yards of him, and it's, it is so consistent that it's. Is, yeah. that, is that the play calling, just the coaches doing the homework, or he's just that great of a route runner? What, what makes him so effective, in your opinion?
2: Well, I think he's – I don't know how – when you see him run routes, it's not like he's running the best routes in the world. But I think he's just a very smart player and knows how to find those, those areas, you know, in the defense where he can sit down and, or where he can manipulate a route and get open. And, and Dave will probably know this name, but uh, Simon Fletcher, who's a defensive end uh, for, the, for the Denver Broncos, the dude wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest dude in the world. I think he probably smoked a pack of cigarettes during halftime. Like he was like one of those types of dudes, you know, like he was like one of those types of dudes, but he was so slippery. Like I could, I can't tell you exactly what he did that, where he could beat you on the pass rush. Like he didn't overpower you or he didn't, you speed rush around the corner or anything. But all of a sudden you're like, damn, I just gave a sack to Simon Fletcher. How did that happen? You know? And so he, he was just like one of those types of dudes and you have guys that are like that. They They just kind of have that knack for finding to get open. But then I was going to say one of the things I took away from the super bowl, especially for the chiefs was like, man, like they can design some really cool when you can score two touchdowns with two dudes that are unbelievably like I could have run those routes and been wide open. I think if I didn't blow my knee out on the (laughs) spot, when I'm stopping to come back, but these dudes are so wide open. It's like, it's like amazing that they can create plays to, to get people open like that. So that might be like next, like little craze in our evolution of this football that we're playing right now. It's like, Some of the actual play calling, like the design plays where you get dudes wide open, and the Chiefs seem to to be able to do that better than everybody.
1: Yeah, I thought that there was a a great example. So like the question about Kelsey, the, the out and up that he caught for a touchdown, that was all him. I mean, he he he's very physical, and then he runs a great route. Then there was another one where he's wide open. They started to run the deep sail, and then he stops and goes back the other way. Well, teams are being yeah. getting killed by that. And same thing with the guy going in motion, you know. And I hate—I'm not sitting here saying, you know, oh, it's all coaching because you still have to go out and execute it. But yeah, right. I thought I thought um, the Chiefs—you give them a, an extra week to prepare. Kind of felt that mm-hmm. way always with uh, the staff with. Um, um, with the Patriots, you know, same yeah. type of thing. Like Bill Belichick finds a way, but I really thought Eric Bienemy and I—I I, I don't think he's a head coach. We'll see. Maybe he's not. But I felt like he had—he had, he had a, a great day, like designing plays.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the Chiefs once they get into the red zone, man, you—you can't—you can't trust any of the formations they're in because they do so many little funky little things, and some of it feels tricky. But when you look at what they're doing, it's, it's pretty foundational stuff, but they just find a way to kind of make a little tweak here and there that yeah. makes it like something you wouldn't normally see in the film. So, like, you have a guy that's starting to go in motion. You want to make sure he doesn't beat you on the other side. So now you are you have to, as a defender, defensive back, you're communicating to the other DBs, and you're shifting. You're trying to run with him. The guy puts his foot in the ground and go the other way, and the ball snaps. So, like, all of that stuff is foundational stuff. It's not super tricky, but they add that one of the nuance to it, and the guy's wide open for two touchdowns. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just to me it's just really cool play calling and play design.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Ray, always fun to talk to you, man. Thanks so much for the time as always, and welcome back home and look forward to talking to you again soon.
2: Well, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for having me on all the time. I know you guys look out for me, uh, you know, throughout the season. I've been on a few times, so uh, don't know much baseball, but I'll get on and talk as best <laughs> as I can uh, if you if you get me on there.
0: <laughs> baseball with Big Ray coming your way this summer. <laughs>
1: Ray, Ray, check your velocity. Mine's like sixty, sixty-one throwing a pitch. See if you can beat me. If you get to, in front of I, a radar I gun,
2: can't get twenty miles an hour, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was these bad shoulders. Yeah. Thanks, Ray.
0: Thanks, Big Ray. All
2: right, buddy. You guys have a good one. There you yeah. go,
0: Big Ray Robert. It's always fun talking with him and just uh, having him dissect what's going on with the O line. He love He should be a coach somewhere. I mean, he just he loves it. He well, he gets into the nuts and bolts of it all. I know firsthand. That he is a great coach. I love
1: working with Ray. We had uh, two years that we uh, we coached together. Was that Lake Washington? Lake Washington, a year, alma mater. Yeah. The Kangs. I'm Go a, Kangs. I'm, I'm a Kang. Yep. And then uh, before that, it was uh, a, the Saints. Mm. Uh, we were, uh, now I'm blanking on the name, uh, something uh, worth. Uh, no, something worth.
0: My my yeah, players I like that are that You're gone. asking Lefko right now. <laughs> Lefko <laughs> just <laughs> moved here two years ago. What's that high school? Oh my God. <laughs> uh,
1: it'll anyway, come to, it'll come to me in the break. But anyway, yeah. Ray does a great job of communicating and, uh, like, also, Sort of speaking the kid's language. Yeah. He's, he's really good with that. So, yeah, you're right. Interlake, for God's sake.
0: Interlake. Interlake there Saints. Go. There you go. I like that you were looking to Leftco for the answer. Nah, I knew it. I around. wanted you to get there. Yeah, that was, yeah of course. <laughs> he's dialed <it. laughs> into all the local high schools Lefkoe is. All right. Our thanks to Big Ray Roberts. If you missed that conversation... Make sure you head to the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com. Just click the podcast tab and click on our picture. It's right waiting for you after the show each and every day. Click subscribe. That's the easiest thing you can do. You never have to worry about it again. All right, coming up, the comparisons are already getting out of hand after another Super Bowl win for Patrick Mahomes. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. Our thanks to Big Ray Roberts, who joined us in the previous segment, in case you guys are just tuning in. That conversation available for you on the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com. Always a good good conversation with him. Uh, after the game, Dave, always, you know, the hyperbole starts going. Everybody's uh, got heightened emotion and excitement or anger, whatever whichever side you're on. But a lot of the conversation around Patrick Mahomes is, where does he rank amongst the all-time greats? I'm like... Well, hold on. I, I love Patrick Mahomes as much as anybody, and he is arguably the best quarterback in this league. He's had five seasons now, just completed his fifth season of starting. His first year, he played one game. so he's And he's been brilliant, obviously. he's He's got two Super Bowl wins. He's started for five seasons. He's got five straight AFC title games, three Super Bowl appearances, two wins. I mean, he's, he's on his way, certainly. But at this point, and I think I saw there was a quote or a tweet from Peyton Manning that said something along the line, I'm paraphrasing here, that even if he stopped playing today, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, really? Really? I mean, he uh, has put up some big numbers, but it's only been five seasons. And I know Gale, Gale Sayers had a very abbreviated career. Terrell Davis had an abbreviated career. I'm surprised that Peyton Manning said that. Yeah, they put, they put it up on the screen. I think I was watching, uh, after the game, watching ESPN, yeah. uh, oh, their NFL show. But, and the only reason I say that is just because...
1: I feel like if you're in the media every single day, that's what you come up with, right? Mm-hmm. On the morning show, they do something called ranked, right? You know, you you always are. Right, is he the greatest? Like, can we just calm down a little bit and let things? This is how people like Joe Montana get forgotten by Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> Jeez, do you you hear him at the end of that interview when everybody's hammering him about Joe Montana? He's like, okay, okay. Okay, he was doing something mm-hmm. like a imitation from some movie or something. Oh, he was. Yeah, I it didn't was just I didn't like he was stalling his stupidity being on <laughs> display. But, but yeah, I just I don't know. I just feel like it's a it's a little bit early. But I mean, if he keeps doing this, yeah, I mean it's obvious that you know, and it's what was it three years ago? They they come in and um, win uh, the Super Bowl of for the Forty ers and he's back again. He's incredible. We know he's tough. Yeah, you know, and so. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's a little bit early to start talking about that. But I know that's what we do, right? That's what
0: we do on uh, Sports Talk Radio. So, Yeah, to, to this point in his career, he's thrown for 24,241 yards, 192 touchdowns, 49 picks, and he's got a career quarterback rating of 105.7. So he's on his way in a career completion percentage of 66.3. Yeah. He could get hit by a bus, Bob. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I love Patrick Mahomes. Jeez. (laughs) Well, to turn turn your darkness into light here, uh, here's Ryan Clark, uh, angry Ryan Clark, talking about Mahomes is already a top three quarterback of all time. You know what, Scott? Patrick Mahomes has put himself in the conversation for
2: best of all time or best we've seen just simply off of the way he plays the game. The excellence Mm -hmm. in which he's shown since he became the starter of the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's talk a little bit about the numbers. There are the two MVPs, the two Super Bowl wins. There's also the five AFC championships, the three conference championships that he's won and then it's watching him play and what he means to this team to me patrick mahomes is already top three all time you're going to include him in conversations with joe montana and tom brady but then when you look at both of those players as compared to patrick mahomes and the skill set and the talent and the things that he can do on the field that we've never seen
0: i don't believe that's close Hmm. i guess if you're talking about just what he's able to do on the field versus what others did. Okay, but if you're just talking about he's already been established as a top three quarterback, that implies that if you stop today and just said, "You know what, guys, I'm going out on top. I'm calling it a career," he's already he'll be in that conversation for top three of all time. I don't, and I love Patrick. We 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 gush over the guy, but come on, man.
1: Yeah, I just think it's a little early. I mean, it is pretty amazing. I mean, look at he's thrown over. 5,000 yards twice. Yeah. The one year with 50 touchdowns. It's pretty <laughs> incredible, so... <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I, I. but, I mean, and then, you know, going two for two in Super Bowls. Yeah, no... No doubt, but yeah, I've, I feel like there, you know, there's lots of things that can happen, you know. So, but I, I feel like uh, they've got a good thing going on there in Kansas City. They've, you know, the last time they won a Super Bowl when, when I named their offensive lineman earlier because you uh, love that year. They were, they were pretty good. That was a, that was a pretty good group. So you get those guys to to protect Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey. I, I'm with you. You know, I've I'm kind of that way with every tight end. I don't get how they get open but they do and you know he's he's very talented and they've been able to just kind of interchange they got a really good player in this isaiah pacheco kid the running back so we'll we'll see you know how how things go in the in the afc west and you know if they are able to keep going to the playoffs but i mean short of that if you don't do that every two three four years i don't know are they talking about like a patriots type of dynasty in kansas city maybe if somebody told me that, I would say I I, I, I won't disbelieve it because of Andy Reid and the coaches that they have going there. Their D coordinator is very underrated, Steve mm-hmm. Spagnolo. So You love him. Well I like I,
0: he's a great coach. He's he doing he a was really the, good job. The Rams head coach when I was out there in Saint Louis. Was he? Yeah, I probably not go a good head coach. He didn't have a lot of talent to work yeah. with, except I mean, Sam Bradford, of course.
1: <laughs> but I mean, you know, you look at like a guy like that. You might say that about Eric Bieniemy. You know, if, let's say they make him a head coach, he's just no good at it. He's a much better offensive coordinator. Whatever they did offensively, I thought was brilliant. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's they got a good thing going there though, and if they can keep that together and the core, well, I think if, as long as you have Andy Reid and uh, and Patrick Mahomes, you're doing pretty well.
0: Yeah, and it's. It's uh, we got one texter saying all these guys are prisoners of the moment, and, and yeah, that's what I agree. I, that's what I was saying is you know everybody's responding with a, everybody's emotions are running high. There's a lot of hyperbole. You're reacting in the hyper positive way or hyper negative way, depending on who you were pulling for in this game, and you know they become absolutes right out of the gate. He's absolutely one of the best, and he's certainly on his way. He may, when it's all said and done, he may be the greatest. But to say after five seasons of starting that he's already in the top three, that means either Joe Montana or Peyton Manning are not going to be in there. Perhaps maybe you've got it. Maybe you've got it. Brady. You start with Brady with seven Super Bowls and, and all of that. And then there's there's Montana. There's Peyton Manning. There's You've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got, I mean, there's brilliant quarterbacks throughout history. You can go through John Elway, Dan Marino. Has he already surpassed those guys? Is If it's a, just about Super Bowl wins. You're saying, well, he's got more than those guys. Well, then you better put Terry Bradshaw in there.
1: Yeah, no kidding. How many do you win? Four? Four. Yeah. Did I say that he won all three of his Super Bowls? Yes. I, th- I thought I, he sa- I just said this one and the last one, but obviously they lost to uh, yeah. Tampa Bay. Two of three. But, um, yeah, I, I think also you sort of set him up a little bit. I mean, I, if you're Patrick Mahomes, do you want that? You're kinda of like, uh let's let's let it play out. Okay. Yeah. Which
0: I'm sure he would say. Oh, let's let it play out. And well <laughs> Ooh. Bob's working that on us. It was kind of a Charles Barkley uh Mike Trout bit. right there. <laughs> Bob's working on us. Working on my Mike Trout. Bob's an underrated <laughs> He's underrated as far as the imitations go. Ugh. So uh But I can't do Lefko. My Lefko turns into John Clayton. Yeah. I don't know why. Lefco's uh, is eluding me, but Adam Ray well, has it nailed. Do John Clayton. Well, of course, that's how they, that's, everybody would say he's top five. What about, how do you feel about Detroit? Well, they're your favorite team, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Bob's favorite team, the Lions. He loves the Lions. Yeah. Well, your favorite team, Bob. <laughs> he loved that. God, he got a kick out of that. Yeah.
1: Oh, the two, five, three said,
0: you said he was two for two, LOL. Ha <laughs> ha. Do you think they actually laughed out loud when they were typing that? You said two for two. (laughs)
1: Oh, I think they're just trying to be
0: friendly. Yeah, yeah. They they love when we make a mistake so they can go, see, you don't know anything about sports. How could you say that? Exactly right. I don't. If you knew anything about sports, you would have known. (laughs) So, All right. Uh, We appreciate the text. Keep those coming. 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. The Chiefs seem to have invented a way to get motivated for the Super Bowl. We're going to hear more about that when we sweep the dial. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports Station on 710. (laughs) Scanning the airwaves for the most interesting and entertaining stories of the day. Sweeping the dial. Every afternoon at 445 with Wyman and Bob. I don't know if uh, Travis Kelsey and Kirby Smart went to the same uh, post-game interview school of disrespect, but uh, after the Super Bowl win on the field, Travis Kelsey apparently... Wanted to uh, shout out all the doubters that didn't believe the Chiefs could win.
2: Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. Feel that it. And on top of that, next time the Chiefs say something, put some respect on our name.
0: <laughs> now, he might have been talking to the TV people because in that instance, he's right. Like when it was Terry and Howie and, you know, they do the picks with uh, Jimmy Johnson, everybody. And it got even to the point I was watching where Terry's like, well, I want to pick the Chiefs now because everybody else has picked the Eagles, but I guess they give their picks before he goes. But I, I said Eagles, so everybody. There the was whole a, crew. Yeah, entire crew went Eagles. We had Loaf Tatupu say it was going to be a two-touchdown win for the Eagles. Yeah, I it, yeah. that was the majority. I mean, it really – I even tweeted out, like, man, everybody is picking the Eagles. Who's picking the Chiefs? Oh, well, I just <laughs> – I feel like uh, players do a good
1: job of putting a chip on their shoulder. Like, yeah. Nobody, you know, nobody expected us. Well, Even when there's zero truth to that, you're the AFC champs, and yeah. there's lots of people that think that
0: you're. Were they, really the good? Were they the betting underdogs? The Chiefs, who one and a half point favorites, the Eagles were. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, and I think the over under on it was like 51, really? and it ended up being what 70 something. Yeah.
0: Sweeping the dial. Tom Rinaldi was working uh, his first Super Bowl with Fox and then uh, afterwards almost got way more than he expected from Andy Reid.
2: Well, he's the MVP. And that's all that needs to be said, right? MVP. And he saw it tonight. What does the moment mean to you, Andy? It means a lot.
1: I could kiss you right now, but I'm not going to do that.
2: <laughs> Let's go over to
0: Aaron Andrews. <laughs> love Andy Reid. <laughs> So, uh, Tom
1: Rinaldi's reaction was really funny. Like that was him laughing. It wasn't a fake. Was it a
0: nervous laugh? laugh. No, he was like, <laughs> "Don't kiss me." He burst into laughter. It was pretty funny. But yeah, everybody loves Andy Reid, right? I they do, man. I, I feel like you brought it up earlier. Like, is there anybody that dislikes Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid? And I feel like if you did, it's probably you that are the problem. They're <laughs> one of problem. those guys. Like Tyler Loggett, If you didn't, if you didn't like Tyler. You're the problem.
1: Yeah. Well, and like Travis Kelsey, okay. He, he sets himself up for that. Like he, he almost asks for it, right? He knows that he's going to get some people that don't like him and he doesn't care. Um, but those two guys just kind of go about their, their lives and they just are who they are. And uh, he kept saying, "I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep, uh, keep you around here for a while or something like that." Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was to Andy Reid, so yeah, pretty, uh, pretty cool, and seems just universally loved by almost everybody. And I've never seen him in a bad moment. I'm Talking about uh, Andy, like angry, you mean, yeah, or? or just you know where he's teed off and screaming and yelling at somebody. And like you said, if he is, uh, they deserve it. Yeah, they asked for it. <laughs>
0: Sweeping the dial. We've heard from uh, James Bradbury admitting that he had the holding penalty and really didn't make as much of a big deal about it as everyone else was. So might have gotten that from Nick Sirianni because after the game, the Eagles head coach certainly didn't make that excuse for why the Eagles lost. You know, that's what he saw and he he called it. And so that's never, I, I know it always appears to be that, you know, it's one call that makes it. It's not. That's not what it is, right? It's not what it is. There's there's so many plays that contribute to the the end result of the game. And in, and today they were better than we were. Yeah, I, I appreciate that response. I Me do. Too. And and we'll see what El Hombre has to say tomorrow. But I'm curious. What you know, you look at that second half, Dave, and especially if you're a team that they're notorious for their defense coming into this game, and four possessions for the chiefs i couldn't get over it like touchdown 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 field goal i don't i don't know what happened do you take credit away from the eagles do you blame the eagles or do you credit the chiefs it's a mixture of both it's you know you can pin it on that one play if you want but you're assuming a lot that the you know what was going to happen after that play and you're ignoring everything that led up to it
1: yeah and i also didn't see a lot of poor play from philly it was just that kansas city was just whooping them you know, and a lot of it was the scheme stuff that they were able to get guys wide open, which I love that. But also, they were just winning their battles. I mean, how do you describe what their off Kansas City's offensive line did to uh, to their D line? That D line was like impenetrable, man. They were, I mean, like I said, five. I think is it four or five different guys that had double digit sacks. Yeah, and those are the guys that played. So they just got it done. But um, yeah, I don't, and I like Nick Siriani. Not just because he was, you know, having an emotional moment during the national anthem. Because I thought it was, like, more about, like, wow, I got here. This has been an incredible journey. But also, what he said at the end, what his players are saying, I think he's got a bright future there. And I think, you know, unfortunately, as we said earlier, Philly is in the NFC, much like the Seahawks. So, uh, maybe it'll come
0: down to some epic battles. I'm wondering how this is going over in Philly. Like, did we see any more cars being tipped or yeah. fires being set or uh, I'm, I'm i haven't seen any of it i just saw like i said the pregame of them tipping a car for whatever reason because that's a fun thing to do in philly i guess but <laughs> that's how we celebrate ruining other people's cars
1: i want i did want to see if jason kelsey was going to dress up as a mummer again
0: yeah it was cool seeing those two uh the kelsey brothers hugging at midfield and yeah. you know Kel- i saw an interview post game with uh, travis kelsey saying man i didn't I did not know what to say to him. I mean, what do you what do you say? You know, I've been on that side. I know what that feels like. Yeah. You know, but that's that's cool that you know his, his brother came out and said how happy he was for him, and it had to be kind of weird. So they have
1: three Super Bowl championships between them.
0: Yeah. He was on the team that beat the Patriots. Foles. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then somebody sent this in. I don't. I didn't see the. I didn't watch the presentation of the trophies and all that. Uh, but this 253 said Terry Bradshaw's fat jokes on the podium straight to Andy Reid's face was terrible did he say waddle on over here yeah he did I
1: I sent an email I don't know do we have it on the show sheet (laughs) I was complaining about Terry Bradshaw a fair amount one of the things was he says to Patrick Mahomes come over here son like, if it was me, I'd, honestly, I'd be like, I'm not your son. Well, Call me son. He's an old man. Yeah, but I hate, you know, he went too far. He mm-hmm. went too far with all the, you know, waddle over here and we're old and all this. And, you know, Andy Reid chuckles at all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, Bradshaw, I've I've had enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You've had enough. Well, he's a fat guy, too. So maybe he throws yeah, himself I, in the... Yeah, uh, I think I he know. was. But, like, come on, man. Let's just... I don't know. Yeah. I, the way he handles things... He's a little bit too Cavalier, I guess I would say. All right, coming up, what exactly led to the Chiefs' comeback? We're going to break that down when we come back here with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.